0: Good morning. It is great to have you here with us today. Let's all stand and we'll sing together. to Last week for the Offertory, we sang this new song called Those Simpler Times of Faith. And it's a song that Andy wrote um, a a little while ago, but it's got lyrics in it from old hymns, hymns that we're very familiar with, hymns from our childhood and hymns from um, the ones that are closest to our hearts. So as you sing this, just let it take you back to times when you sang these hymns together as a congregation.
1: Jesus loves me, he this I know For the Bible tells me so Little ones to Him belong It's been so long since I sang that song And oh, no simpler times of faith Won't you please come back and take me away? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound You saved a rich like me I once was lost, but now I'm found But is that song still about me? All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him is that still the way I live and oh,
2: those simpler times of faith.
1: Won't you please come back and take me away. He walks with me and he talks with me. Tells me I am his own. The joy we shared as we tarried there. Now that garden is so overgrown and old. No simpler times of pain. Won't you please come back and take me away? Lord, won't you write me a new song? Something. Help me alone Lord, won't you write me a new song Jesus loves me, this I know, for in my heart I feel a blow, in my weakness He is strong, and in my soul there's a new song And home. Those simpler times of faith, out those simpler times of faith, I'll just one little prayer away.
3: Turn and greet someone near you, and children, come join us up front.
4: Good morning, everybody. I'm happy to see you here today. Um, I brought something I wanted to share with you. Does anybody have any of these at home? Do you know what these are? Dominoes. Dominoes. That's right. What do you guys like to do with dominoes? Justin, what do you like to do? Oh, you're right. Build them up, stack them up, and make them fall. Let me see. I don't know if Miss Kenna can do that, but I'm going to try. Well, we're on carpet, but you know, if you stack them up. Caroline, maybe you can help me here. And... and you don't think it will do it on the carpet? It probably won't. Yes, we do it if in the but, but do you guys know what they do when you stand them all up and you can tap one and then it taps the next one and the next one and they all kind of fall over? Maybe we can line them up in, minute, in a minute over there. Or maybe y'all can just take my word for it. All right, but I bet you're wondering why I brought dominoes today. Okay, and what, there you go, yeah, he got it for us, thank you. And what they have to do with our children's sermon this morning. Well, I'm about to tell you. Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had risen from the dead at first the disciples were afraid they thought they were seeing a ghost Jesus told them not to be afraid he showed them the nail scars in his hands and his feet and he even invited them to touch him a ghost doesn't have skin and bones as I do Jesus said to the disciples and when the disciples finally realized that it was really Jesus and not a ghost Jesus began to teach them He explained that he had to suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day to fulfill what was written about him in the scripture. Then he told the disciples that they should spread the story to every nation of the world. Wow, that would be a big job, wouldn't it? Well, the disciples were just few. How could they possibly take the story of Jesus to the whole world? Well, it's the same as it is with these dominoes. It starts with just one person. One person tells another person, and then he tells another and another and another until the whole world has heard that Jesus is risen from the dead and is Lord. Okay? So that's going to be our job. Okay? So if you haven't already gotten a domino from up here, I want everybody to take just one, please, so I can make sure I have enough for everybody. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come on back. Come back for just a second. We're going to end in prayer. But just take one domino, and if you need me to send some back over there, you can. Because I want you to remember that it starts with just one person, just like this domino, and you have to spread the word and tell another and another and another. Did you get one? Emily, did you get one? You got one? Okay. Anybody else need a domino? All right. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and end in prayer. If you'll bow your heads with me. Ready? All right. Dear Lord, help us to remember that we can help to spread the good news of Jesus to the whole world if each one will reach one. In your name we pray. Amen.
3: Is this still? Yeah, good. I want you to uh, look at a shirt here. As you know, Memorial Church is very big into the Relay for Life and all the ways we can help defeat cancer. And uh, these shirts are on sale back there uh, for ten dollars per T-shirt. But what you need to know too is that Ellicate designed this shirt. So get you uh, an Ellicate shirt today. Later, thank you. I couldn't help but think a minute ago when they were talking about debuting the song. Uh, don't they spell that debut? But anyway, good morning, everyone. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, if you're visiting with us today, we're glad to have you here, and hope you'll come back quite often. What? And if you wait till in the gym, you'll have to put up with those things. Okay. Um, let's see. If you have prayer concerns um, and, and you'd like us to join you in prayer. If you raise your hand, we'll get you an index card that you can fill out, and we'll share your prayer concern with you and with one another. Believing in the power of individual prayer and the power of corporate prayer, we will join you in that. Announcements, announcements. Kids, we will have our regular Sunday night program tonight. We will see you from 5.30 to 7.00 for choir, mission kids, and Bible study. First through fifth graders are reminded of handbells with Miss Jessica in the the social hall at 5 p.m. Some of the children's center school classes still need teachers for the upcoming month of May. If you're willing to help, please check the sign-up sheet outside the children's classrooms to volunteer or see Katie Jeter for more information. Um, Let's see... Join us for another Memorial Family Fun Day outing. This time we're going to a Greenville Drive baseball game. Mark your calendars for next Sunday. No, I'm sorry, not next. Mark your calendars for Sunday afternoon, May the 20th. I'm getting way ahead of myself. May the 20th. And reserve your tickets now on the sign-up sheet uh, inside the gym doors. Tickets are $7 each, and the game starts at 4.05 p.m. Uh, see Katie Jeter or Wayne or Christy Morris for more if you need more information. Men's United Methodist men's barbecue and yard sale is next Saturday. The yard sale starts at sunup and items can be left under the stairwell in front of the uh, hallway uh, of the Family Life Center, unless the fire marshal makes us move them. Uh, the barbecue runs from 11 a.m. to 3 pm. This also is Native American Sunday. Um, the United Methodist Church has always been wonderfully and deeply involved with um, Native American issues, uh, running special orphanages orphanages, and mission projects, uh, especially up at Cherokee. And we haven't made some of the awful mistakes some other um, religious institutions have made of trying to divorce Native Americans entirely from their culture, just simply trying to witness to them uh, as we do all people about the, what faith in Christ is all about. Um, our young people this summer are going to a Native American uh, reservation up in South Dakota and some information and um, other things are available back there at the youth table. And you're selling what, Andy? What are you, are you selling something? No sales, just, oh, you're looking for sponsors. Okay, looking for sponsors to help with the cost of this mission trip. So uh, we remind you of that. Um, Tom Hammond is in his annual March of Dimes uh, walk, and it's next weekend. And so if you'll see Tom and make some donations to that, we don't want to deprive you of the opportunity to be givers. That's what it's all about as Christians, to be, folks who give to others. Uh, Have you got your uh, prayer card ready? If so, we'll ask you to raise them up and we'll collect them now. Next Sunday, next Sunday we will have only one worship service and it will be at the 10 o'clock hour over in the sanctuary. Um, We do this on fifth Sundays to get us all together and it's their turn. So I hope you'll be here next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for opportunities to come before you with those things that are of concern to us. We seek the wisdom and the power of God to help us with our lives and to help us with our problems and to hear our prayers and to answer our prayers. And these are our special prayers for this day. We pray for a friendship that needs healing and guidance. We pray for a marriage. We pray for a pregnant teenage girl who's having a difficult time. We pray for healing for Jane Bird. Lord, we pray for health for Ron and Mary. We pray for a friend who is waiting on a biopsy result. We pray for your healing to continue to be upon Toby Wright. We pray for our youth mission trip in July. We pray for Christine Parson having hip replacement surgery tomorrow. We pray for a friend's brother who needs guidance, for a family member who's facing decisions and needing guidance and love. We pray for healing and comfort for Carl and Martha Gibson. We ask that you would help friends find their way back to a Christian community. Someone, Lord, has asked that you allow doctors at the appointment tomorrow to have some good news for them. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones, for a three-year-old named Isaac uh, Werner who's suffering from acute lymphoblastic leukemia and numerous infections We pray that, God, you will be at work in the lives of our youth next weekend on their Senior High Retreat. We give you thanks for the friends that are like family to us. And we pray for strength, courage, and peace for all those with cancer. Lord, these are our prayers. Through Jesus Christ, who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven with um, moving this week and a hoarseness that I'm fighting, it is sure great to have somebody like Lynn that we can turn to, to come bring the message this morning. I did want to tell you something, an in, inside story from the band before I bring Lynn up here. <clears throat> and that is, I, I just think it's real sweet that, that Libby and, and Jim Fowler decided to celebrate their happy lives together she wanted to tattoo three little special words um, to illustrate her feelings for him. And she wanted to put it right back here, you know, on his shoulder. And so Jimmy went along with it. And the next morning, when he took a shower, he saw in the mirror those three little words do not resuscitate. We uh... <laughs> just have to keep you up to date on things like that. <laughs> And that's what it'll do for you. That's exactly right. Lynn, we're glad for you to come and share with us your word today.
5: Good morning. I really am privileged to be here today, and I appreciate all my friends and my family all being here. So I'm very blessed. I also appreciate everything that Arthur and Andy and my Bible study group has done for me this past week because I'm going to talk with you this morning about something that's um, touched my heart recently. I'm trying to be better with it, and I hope that something will come across in it that will um, help all of us in the long run. Um, You notice the sermon title is Here Comes the Judge, and... um, A lot of times we we are like this. We're all judges in today's world. But today's scripture lesson comes from Romans chapter 14, verses 12 through 13. And Paul writes to us, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I think the following story illustrates the point I'm going to try to make today. Um, think about a stately church and how an untidy man is visiting the church for the first time. He is met in the foyer at the church with one of our ushers, and our usher, of course, is dressed in suit and tie in a pin, pin-striped suit. And immediately he takes one look at this untidy, unkept man, and he sits him at the back of the church. Another first-time visitor of the church comes into the foyer. This person is neatly groomed in his suit and tie, ready for worship. Another one of our ushers takes him proudly down to the front of a church at a pew that is vacant. Following the service, however, a member of our congregation or a congregation of such invites this man to lunch at their home. As they're seated around the table at their home having dinner, the visitor helped himself to the delicious-looking potatoes and placed them on his plate. But then he did something very strange. He scooped the potatoes into the suit coat pocket that he was wearing. I hear lots of giggles out there, and that's great. Unable to keep any silent any longer, the family said to him, Why are you pouring your food into your coat pocket? And the visitor just smiled and answered politely, Well, judging from where you seated the other visitor that I saw come in church before me today, you've asked my soup to lunch, not me. Now I heard some mmms. You know, this is tough. I'm guilty of it. We do this all the time. And it's something that's come, especially recently here at Memorial, very dear to my heart. You know, I think, have we done this here in our own church that we call a body of Christ? Are we guilty of judging others and becoming becoming stumbling blocks in their way? If so... We need to take a good, hard look at us, myself included, and realize that judging is not in our job description. It's in somebody's a lot higher than ours. It's in God's job description. Paul states that when we should, that we should never act in a way that causes any other to stumble. We cause others to stumble in many ways. The Greek word krino means to pass judgment onto others and to condemn. We have no right to judge and condemn one another because God is the final judge. Each of us, myself here, I'm speaking of, have enough to do with keeping up with what I've done wrong and not worrying about somebody else. Unfortunately, though, that's not how it always is with me. Sometimes I forget, and I'm the first to admit that I do it, that I have not stopped judging, and I haven't become patient enough to put it in my back pocket and forget about it and leave it to God. I've learned that there's no room in the house of God and in the family of God for one person or one group to judge another. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus put an end to it very simply by saying, do not judge lest you be judged. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will clearly take the speck out of your brother's eye. Another example is the woman taken into adultery and how the community judged her and was going to stone her to death and then Christ picked up the stone and said to those to those without sin let him be the first to throw the first stone no one could cast that first stone at the woman Jesus knew her life he knew it well but yet he wasn't going to judge either Perhaps we all should take a look at our own lives a little more deeply. Alex has really gotten into this sermon with me, and I'm very grateful. He's pointed out a lot of things to me that has really brought even more light into my life. I know a lot of us are not used to Facebook and the technology out there, but he found some really cool things on Facebook, and I want to share one of them with you after I was coming up with what I wanted to say today and it sort of goes like this and I don't have it right I'm sure but it said something to the effect of we shouldn't judge others because we haven't walked in their shoes we haven't seen their pain we haven't been where they are who knows what they've been through to be the way they are and it sort of goes along you know we feel like we've heard the old saying about we thought that we were good until we saw a man without feet. So we really need to know about that person. Wayne Barber states his interpretation of Paul's writing in Romans this way. Word judge is seen as a decision to execute upon someone based on what you see. We do that all the time. It's on how a person looks, how they act, and maybe a little bit on what we know about them. You know, and we usually do it in front of their peers to embarrass them, and that's the really bad part. I'm very guilty of this. You know, have you ever had a day where you've done something like that and you sort of just sit back and you laugh and you're like, it's kind of fun, you know, to pick on somebody? See how they'll react in that situation? Well, Paul in his writing is saying, you guys don't get it. You don't understand. You are going to be held accountable for the things that you say and the way that you treat people in life. We need to be aware of this today and always, and we need to remember it. It's so easy to forget. We all are going to have to stand in judgment in front of God one day. That day's coming. We don't know when, but it may be soon. There is an appointment that he's made with myself and with each one of you out there that we're going to have to keep. We're going to have to stand before him, and we're going to have to give an account of our lives here on earth to him. Now, you may be asking, do you really believe that, Lynn? Hmm. Well, to be honest with you, I believe most of us don't believe it. I know I don't always, because if I did, I would be living differently. We all would. We wouldn't be saying some of the things that we say. We wouldn't be doing some of the things that we do. And we wouldn't be judging others. Anyway, who am I to be Lord over somebody else's life? I'm just a nobody. I shouldn't do it, and if I do, then I'm going to be judged for it. Some people ask, well, what are you going to be judged for? Well, after researching some, I found out that the judgment that we have when we are at our judgment day is going to be how we lived here on earth. Now, you know, most people are like me, and they don't want to hear that. We don't want to deal with what we've said and with what we've done and how we've acted. We just uh, never want to make things right. We want to push it under the rug and forget about it. I do that a lot. If I push it under that rug, it's going to go away and I don't have to deal with it. But after really coming to heart with this, I realized that one day I have to stand before God and I want to stand there, and I know each one of you do, not ashamed of what we've done here. We want to be proud that we've honored and served him. In everything we do and how we live and serve God here, it all relates to how our relationships are, how we talk about people, how we act towards others. There are responsibilities in the Christian life And he's going to judge us one day and how we are treated, our brothers and sisters, in the family of God. So, how do we live? There's one main reason Paul brings it up here. We are not to cause each other to stumble. We need to be building blocks to each other. We need to be building each other up, not tearing them down. You know... I'm an educator and educators by trade are the world's worst of being the negative people. I'm the very first to admit my family can tell you that. And I'm in that group of people who sometimes bring others down and judge others. You know how teachers do? Some of us, not all of us, I'm one that does. We get our class role and we look at it and we're like, ooh, we got so-and-so, that's great. Or ooh, oh no, troublemaker and we have them pegged from day one that they're gonna be a troublemaker in our classroom before we give them a chance, just because of their past history and what others have said about them. That's the negative person that I am very much like a lot of times. However, I am trying to be more of the encourager and the person that is looking at the glass half full, as my husband reminds me quite often, instead of half empty and not doing that as quite frequently and at least realizing in my mind I'm doing it so that I give those kids a chance. That's how we need to be with the people here as a body of Christ. Give them a chance. God knows their heart. We don't. We need to become more cautious of criticizing and judging others. I sometimes think to myself, oh my gosh, what would God think of me you know, in one of those times that I'm judging others. Before God alone, we'll give our account of our own actions. I don't have to give an account for yours or anybody else's, but I do have to give an account of my own actions to Christ one day. So I'm reminded of it often. It's natural for us to justify our actions especially when things are going wrong. We want to have an out. But so-and-so was doing it. But if they can do it, why can't I? And I think it's natural for us to do that. But who is the judge again? It's not me. It's not in my job description as a teacher to judge those students. It is in God's job description to judge us on judgment day. Lucy Swindoll, some of you ladies may have heard of and seen her speak, is one of my favorite authors. And in her book, Boundless Love, she does a wonderful comparison that I would like to share with you. She says that God doesn't get caught up in the judging and labeling of people. I think that's pretty awesome. That God probably gets a wild kick out of my wild scenarios I come up with sometime about my kids in my classroom. Oh gosh, this one's going to grow up to do this. Or let's just wait, this one's going to be in the jail or wherever before he turns 16. Who knows? God better have a sense of humor. He's probably laughing at some of the things I come up with when I'm judging people all the time, especially my students at school. Now, God doesn't label us like humans do. God doesn't have a good box. He doesn't have a bad box. And he doesn't have one of these boxes that say, you're a hopeless case. Let's just forget all about you. He doesn't look at things the way we do. As earlier I said, we seem to look at that outward appearance of those people coming in that church on that first Sunday as a visitor. But God doesn't look at that. He looks at our heart. We don't see the heart of others like God does. God and his wonderful love that he gives us comes to us free of charge with no strings attached no matter where we are. And that's just amazing that his grace and love is like that. You know, and it's nice to know that when we're in the presence of God that we're not judged not at all. No wonder Paul said, Let us not therefore judge one another, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. In other words, it's like this. Can we do this here at our church, here at Memorial? Can we usher a first-time visitor that is untidy, different, Tattoos, as Arthur was relating to earlier, down to the front of the church without thinking twice? Does it matter if they smell? Does it matter if they have long hair? Does it matter their race? Well, we all need to overlook some outward appearances sometime and the stereotypes that we have for all. I hope that here at Memorial we can do that. I know that I'm becoming more cautious now, especially here, of judging. It's a hard habit to break, but I do hope that since we are the body of Christ and that we have, as Methodists, open hearts, open minds, and open doors, that we can leave the judging to the one judge. Amen.
1: Will you please stand as we respond to the proclamation of the word with our Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty.
3: Please be seated and we will worship God now by giving.
0: Sing
1: with us. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for
2: me. Oh, how he loves us so. Yeah.
1: Grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sane.
3: go forth following the pattern of Jesus, who, even though he had every right to be judgmental of us, never was and never is. Amen. And God will
2: raise you up on an eagle's wings.
3: great week